What's going on, everyone? It is Walter Gainer, the second year host. I'm excited to get into this episode, this topic. We're going all in on political elections. Um, quick fun fact, y'all. In 20-something, because I forgot the year real time, but in the 2020s, during the pandemic time, when everyone's at home, I started doing this this live series, this live stream called, um, at first it was called Political Maturation. Uh, then I was advised to sound kind of crazy. So I changed it to political pull up. Um, basically, it was me wanting to mature politically. It was inspired by this. Um, I saw Malcolm X speaking about like it being time for the Negro to mature politically so that we understand the world of dynamics and how everything works so that we could truly get that equality, that um, uh, the power, the influence, the respect, really, that we talk about all the time. I think we do a great job at advocacy, awareness, online, communicating our pain points, our struggles. But one area that, you know, we show up in for sure. We definitely show up when it's time to vote. But I think we go a little harder, especially in these local elections. Um, so I wanted to bring on my guy CL to dive into this with me. Um, one, because he's been a huge support on my podcast growth. As y'all know, well, some of y'all know, I took a little hiatus. It took me a little minute to come back, but now I'm ready to focus in. And, um, something that's actually been helping me with that, this, this, uh, energy shot called magic mind. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later in the episode. Um, they're sponsoring it. So shout out to them. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about what's happening in Ohio. Uh, what's happening right here in Atlanta, and also just see what it's like for a podcast producer to get into this world as a political commentator and getting paid to do so too. So I'm excited for this. Um, yeah, let's get this show started. CEO, CG Poggin, what's going on, man? What's happening? What's going hey. down? What up, though? What to do, folks? You know, I'm right here with you. Well, I, I appreciate you having me, man. Um, you know, anytime I have a chance to sit down with you and make some content, bro, you know, I got the time. Man, much love, much appreciated. Um, so I, I was, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm, I'm on my journey to uh, mature politically, understand how this world works, the power that politics have outside of just shaping the government, but shaping the world and what also influences the way that these politicians shape the world as well. Um, just recently, y'all, um, local elections were happening. I went in to vote. And let me tell you, I, I, I don't know what was on that ballot. I do not know. I went because I knew a few people who were running for um, education boards. But um, for some reason, they weren't on <laughs> my ballot. And instead, I was voting on something that had to do with homesteads. I read that thing like three times. I was like, yeah. It doesn't matter how more how many more times I'm going to read this. I don't understand what's happening. I call CL afterwards. Like, yo, I just voted. I don't know what I did. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I either messed it all up for my city or um, I did something good, but I don't know. So we started talking. He was talking about things that are going on in Ohio, about um, the election results, um, making it so that, you know, abortions were not illegal, which is crazy because we just had um, – you know, this whole campaign to um, stop abortions federally. But, um, you know, elections happening locally in Ohio showed up. A record number of black voters pulling up. Actually, NBC News shared that 83% of black voters supported 
access to abortion, while 72% rally behind legalizing recreational marijuana for adult consumption. That's right, y'all. Not just pro-abortion, but Ohio's also pro-cannabis recreationally. The world is changing and changing fast, and it's all happening locally on the ground, not federally. We always give a lot of prop to the presidents. Uh, good to vote in those elections as well, but as we can see, Ohio citizens, residents in Ohio are now able to have a bit more um, freedom and options when it comes to cannabis. They're allowed to, um, you know, with pro-abortions, it's bigger than just abortions. It's also the um, just being able to be safe with pregnancies, the option to choose, okay, hey, we might not be able to have this baby healthily like the baby and the mother could die. There's a lot of reasons for that, but we're not getting into uh, pro versus con with abortions or cannabis. I'm really, really curious about um, the elections part, local elections. OCL, can you break down kind of what happened in Ohio? Okay, so I'm going to just tell you right off, I'm not the best person for you to talk to, but I am going to bring some of my expertise. So to begin with, like uh, the Supreme Court, when they uh, got rid of Roe v. Wade, or Roe v. Wade, uh, they took the protection to have an abortion away. So now it's up to the states to determine whether or not you are able to get an abortion. And a lot of times it just comes down to not only the choice, but a lot of times, like you said, it's a healthcare issue. And so what was so significant about what happened in Ohio is because it's a red state, it mostly leans Republican in a lot of in a lot of ways, and it's considered a swing state in a presidential election uh, because it flops a lot. It was surprising to see that there was overwhelming support on mostly progressive issues. Uh, well, what's considered to be a progressive issue across the nation within abortion and with cannabis. And, you know, part of that is, you know, neighboring states like Michigan, marijuana is legal. Mm. So, you know, you have a state that's thriving on the revenue that is generating when a lot of other things are not generating revenue as far as tax dollars, tax dollars in that same way, you definitely had a lot more support because it was literally right there. You got people leaving Ohio, going to Michigan and purchasing marijuana, of course, you know, now whether or not they're coming back with it, that's a whole nother thing. We're not going to talk about, you know, federal crime across the state lines, not none of my business, but I will say because it's not that far of a drive, people were going and partaking in the festivities. And so it just made a little bit more sense for them to walk into that, but it shows that when the people are given the choice of an issue like abortion, like cannabis, that they're willing to side with being progressive rather than doing what the national thing, which is like being a little bit more strict about it. Mm. And so that, that bodes well, just looking ahead at the 2024 election um, <clears throat> and kind of just bringing that back to Georgia. It's like, 
we had we didn't have a lot of statewide things going on. Matter of fact, we didn't have any statewide things. And that's that's one difference. And because these local elections vary from state to state, you even had like in Kentucky, the governor race was going on. You know, so their their governor got reelected, um, who's also a Democrat. But we didn't we're not in a year for for governor here. So it's so different from state to state. But the thing that you had was really local to uh, your district was what it sounds like. And because those type of issues are really, really specific, you kind of need to know about them before you get into it. And that's why it's really big on making sure you get your sample ballot and you figure out what's on it for you. You know, you, t- you can because you can go to the, the government website. It tells you where you to go vote at, you know, what location, what's on the ballot, X, Y and Z, who's on the ballot, all that good stuff. And, you know, if you live in one of those uh, municipalities that has a lot going on, you definitely need to check that out. Uh, Like you said, there's like a lot of school board things going on, a lot of much smaller races, but they do influence bigger systems. Uh, Mm. And and that's the reason why it's really important for us to make sure that we do go and vote in these local or municipal elections because they do affect our everyday life in the way things go, you know, all the way from, you know, how many traffic lights is going to be uh, in a given area or, you know, who's keeping up the parks and uh you know, how how fast can we get on potholes? Like all of that stuff is real local. You know, the state government's not taking care of that. The federal government's not taking care of that. You know, in some instances it might be the county, but a lot of times it even comes just straight down to the city. You know, and mm-hmm. and that's and that's one of those things is like if you don't have people who are getting voted in with great leadership skills and making sure that they're on the same page as you, you may end up just living in a inconvenient existence in your everyday life. You know, these big issues like abortion or even like cannabis, like they affect us in a general way, which is, you know, right now in Georgia, if you find out you're pregnant and you six weeks when you find out it's too late. You don't have a choice, you know, like, but that's a very specific to that person. But as far as everybody else, it doesn't really concern us or even affect us, which is why I'm always puzzled why it's such a big issue or how we got here in the first place. Cause no, I feel like nobody was really on the side of like, Hey, we need to just make things tougher. Uh, But Mm. that's just my opinion. But to, to get to back to what I was saying, um, you know, it's like those things that really affect your everyday life. Those are the things you're going to vote on uh, when it comes to municipal elections or your local elections. You know, that homestead act or whatever it is you might have been. That sounds that usually has something to do with home ownership and like taxes and stuff. So don't be surprised. Like if you own a home, like some things are going to change or whatever. Like just be My on the bad, lookout. Y'all. Yes, it's all good. But, I might have you know, raised the property taxes. 
Hey, look, you know, I, I, <laughs> I just, just in my opinion, you know, just look for the the people in the blue shirts and see what they're what side they're on. They're they're mostly not going to steer you wrong in a local election. Like, you know, state, you got to be a little bit more discerning. But you know, the blue shirt people should get you in the right way. If it's the red people, don't I don't know. Mm. Be careful. Gotta watch out, yo. Um, so question I want to ask you. I also want to ask everyone listening or watching right now. Um. What what happened in Ohio is something very um special, very unique, and it means something regardless if you're for or against it. So I want to ask everyone, like, what does the whether you're in Ohio or not? Uh, if you're in Ohio, definitely, definitely want to hear from you. But I'm just curious, like, for the world, because what happened there? Kind of, I feel like it sent a message out. Um, so what does having access to abortion and what does it mean for the legalization of recreational Marijuana. What does that mean to you? What what message is that sending to other states, to the world, to people preparing for the twenty twenty four presidential elections? What does this mean for you? Um, leave it in the comments, or go ahead and um, we got something new, a little text message, uh, kind of channel access is kind of my way of kind of deplatforming that direct one to one relationships. Um, text nine one four. Three five three four one seven six. Let me know what you think. What What do you feel about this? Um, hey, love to hotline bling. Hey, hit the hotline. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, Drake, don't sue me, man. Don't do me like you did, Bobby. Um, yeah. So, CL, I want to ask you that too. Like, what what message is that sending to everyone else? Uh, like like I was referring to earlier, um, it's it's really just a good sign, especially if you're on the progressive side of things. So if you're you know, with the Democratic Party, you support Joe Biden, you support your your Democrats, you know, you may be a, a Stacey Abrams uh truther out there. I'm like, I'm I'm <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but like we we that actually sounds, uh, truther sounds conspiracy theorist. I mean, hey bro, they cultish. she literally won the governor race and then they just threw the votes out. Okay, that's what, that's what you mean. That's what you mean. Yeah, okay. it's like I was it's, I was like, what do you mean? It's like it's a conspiracy, but it's not. Right. You know, that's why I was like, that's why I said like, or maybe was, it is actually <laughs> literally speculations. You know, hey, mm -hmm. you know, on a side note, the you know Brad Raffensperger, he's got a lot going on with his integrity of elections, and it seems to be on the up and up now. Mm. You know, we it's it's very curious how everything's on the up and up and. What what are you, you know. seeing? Uh, talk to us and one because you know right. for everyone listening and watching, but also for me because I, I don't I don't know what's I mean, going just, on. Just, just read it up because you know like with the the whole Donald Trump thing, you know the 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 whole reason, and I feel like we don't talk about this part enough. The whole mm. reason Donald Trump felt so comfortable calling Georgia and saying "Give me the votes" is because they pulled this shit before. Like, it's not the first time that it, they would have done it. They were just like, hey, I know you did it for yourself. Now, could you do it for me? But, like, that's not talked about at all. But it's very clearly something that Donald Trump knew about. And there were some shenanigans with the voting last time when the governor race was going on. And so he was like, hey, pull some more shenanigans. I mean, I, that's why I'm just like, I'm not surprised that he went to Georgia and he got on 
you know, on tape asking stuff like that. But he's doing it in public. That's it. So, you know, like that, that's my whole thing. It's just, it's just real funny, you know, when I see them stand on their, you know, integrity when it comes to the voting systems and the way things are and the voting machines and all that good stuff. It's, it's, it's real, it's real curious, you know. That's funny. Um, kind of another example of how something locally can affect something federally. Like you said, already kind of happened locally, or at least um, I don't know if it was proven or not, but you know, some stuff happened locally that some people heard about, and Trump's like, "Hey, bring that over here." <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's it's definitely crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, like like just going back to Ohio though, but it's 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 really just. A, a good sign for us who want to keep, you know, things at a homeostasis. You know, Joe Biden's in there. We look like a professional country. You know, nobody's making fun of us. Oh, damn. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I think I might have overheated. Oh. Okay. Damn, I can't switch, so I got to. Hold on, we can. Um, hold on. Can I pause? Oh, hold on, bro. Am I back? Yep. All right. Get a little. There we go. Focusing. Boom, we focus. here. Now I'm in. All right. <clears throat> All right. Want to start that over? Yeah. Now we got a little uh, experimental technology. Hey. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, if, if you was really invested in seeing Joe Biden stay in office and you just want to have that homeostasis, then what happened in Ohio gives you a good feeling about where the people in middle America are when it comes to those progressive leaning issues or the fact that it's going in that progressive way. So, you know, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, they're all in that same general area. And if you, as a presidential uh, candidate, can get those states, then you're in good shape. So if that's the, the sentiment in that part of the country, then that bodes well for things happening in 2024 nationally. Um, you know, now state to state, that's that's a whole nother ball game, But Mm. Um, at least for for the national tone, it's a good indicator. It's a good sign, you know. Now, just, still, like polls are still scaring the shit out of everybody, and I mean they shouldn't, but that's that's because you know people do a lot of pearl clutching around this time, and I mean it's. That it's you know it's the big elephant in the room. Joe Biden's old as fuck, but so is Trump, and you know we just don't it's like wanna... a three year difference, right, or something like that. Yeah. Five year, I don't know, but within t- yeah, but it's yeah, like the... the fact that Joe Biden just has trash marketing and they don't do a good job of putting out his messaging. That they're like, it's almost like they're giving up, mm. you know, in the sense. You think that's like, a think that's the case? They're not. They're not giving up, but they're not. They're not doing the thing that they really need to do, which is focus on the messaging. Just flip this shit. Get rid of all this shit. Burn that shit to the ground. Bring some, 
like real marketing people in and start marketing the shit out of the president. It, it it's terrible. You know, they always got him falling off his bike and, you know, just looking old and shit. It's like, bro, get him doing some, like, cool shit. You know, get him in front of some fighter jets. That's what they were trying to do with the bike. They're trying to be like, he's no, normal. Bro. He bikes to work. No, bro. It's like, see him. I want to see him on the Peloton. Like, show me show he, me on the... <laughs> I didn't like, want to see that. Like, that's... But I'm saying, like, that's a lot safer, but it also that's shows true. you, like, he's... You know, I'm like, hey, bro, I'm getting this work in right now. Like, mm. you know... I don't know about y'all, but while I'm out here getting my decisions, I'm making sure I'm active. Like, I get out and ride my bike, but I got to get my spin class in. You know, just be real relatable. Everybody know about the spin class, you know? Don't that. give me... I want to, um, yeah, so I, I definitely want to get into, hmm, I want to get back into the local conversation, but something as you're talking about uh, Biden um, getting on the Peloton and them almost feeling like they're giving up, it's got to remind me this product I started using called Magic Mind. I actually think like their whole, everyone, everyone on staff, everyone in the White House, outside the White House, they all need this uh, magic mind thing. And it sound to me, it kind of feels like they're probably relying on coffee. You know, that good old cup of Joe. Oh, that's probably why. He needs a good old cup of, <laughs> good old uh, shot of magic mind. This, this is um, this energy shot I started trying uh, recently. And I started trying it because um, uh, I don't know about you, CL, or everyone listening, watching, but um, coffee for me, like, I, 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 I've never really wanted to become a regular coffee drinker as I started working more and, you know, waking up earlier and stuff. I've just been feeling like slipping into kind of dependency on it. But uh, when I was younger, one thing I just never forget, my mom, when she, she used to always drink coffee, but when she decided to stop, it was kind of challenging. She did do it. You know, she doesn't drink coffee like that anymore, but I just remember just her having headaches all the time, just being stressed. And it was like, it's like getting off coffee is almost like, <laughs> almost like getting off um, a drug because I mean it is addictive so I've always been kind of hesitant to drink coffee every day but there's been days I've been doing it like twice a day and all that stuff so I came across this product Magic Mind I spoke to them just to understand it a little bit more it's this energy based matcha um, energy shot and it kind of has that similar effects to me kind of gives me that focus that's needed that kind of focus and intentionality that that Biden administration probably needs a little dose of but um, no crashes, no crashes. Like when I drink coffee, I get all jittery and all that stuff, especially when I'm on two cups. Um, and then I just kind of have that crash, but didn't really get it with this. It's um pretty cool product. Um, I've been seeing it on some other shows as well. So when I spoke to them, I was at first I was like, it was just like some of these other energy drinks that people are pushing that might end you up in the hospital, but it's legitimately um natural like the ingredients you could actually read them it's plant-based yeah. it's uh that matcha though that, yeah that's, that's, that matcha that's, that, that's the move right there mm-hmm. real short real easy to drink and they actually told me like like i'm trying to replace it with coffee but they're like yo you could drink it with coffee type of thing too and i know a lot of people do that so hmm. um they're sponsoring this episode which I'm excited about because I don't just want to talk about products. I want to give you all a little something too. So um, if you're interested in trying it out, you go to magicmind.com slash boss, B-O-S-S, um, and 
you could get a little you could get a little discount you know with boss 20 the actual code you could get 56% off a subscription or 20% off of your one time purchase that's boss 20 56% off subscription or 20% off one time purchase um it also works if you're already a subscriber. If you've been up on it before me, <laughs> you can just save yeah. on your next subscription payment. Um, definitely recommend trying it out. They got like different packs, different sizes of products. I say go ahead once you try it out. If you like it, um, I mean, I, I personally would recommend going for that 30 bottle pack, um, especially with this 56% off the subscription or discount on the one time purchase. You, you get a lot and it'll last you a whole month. Um, yeah, I want to share that with y'all. They're the sponsor for this episode. Um, let me know if you try it. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. And yeah, but um, so yeah, I want to get back. Again? Oh, magicmind.com slash boss, B-O-S-S. You got to say it like we rose. Boss. Boss. Magicmind.com slash boss. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we got to get you in these uh, voice acting. Um, yo, book CL. CL's um, not just a political commentator punditing out here. He's out here potting, voice acting. He doing it. Next up. He's already oh, yeah. in there. Um, so yeah, let's um let's take a quick ad break and then let's dive into this uh what's happening with Cop City. Cause when I was talking to you, you said it almost ended up on or it could have been on the ballots. I when I was at voting in the elections, I could have been voting on Cop City. So let's take this quick break and let's get into it. If you want to be proactive about your career, I need you to check out the Working on Black Show. It's a new podcast I'm launching under the Boss Box Media brand, and I'm on a mission to make sure black professionals never feel uncertain about their career again. Each week, I'm speaking to black leaders from various industries to learn about the tactics and strategies they've used to overcome fear and go from surviving in the workplace to thriving. If you've ever felt stuck, unfulfilled, underpaid, underappreciated, or that just feel like no one even knows who you are in your workplace. This show is for you. Think of this podcast as a career mixtape with a carefully curated collection of episodes designed to guide you through new growth, through the nuances of working well black, and the tough decisions that we've been making during our career. This podcast is launching very soon, and you get to be the first to hear about it. Join the waitlist by clicking the link in the description to learn more about the show, who's going to be on the show, and also get invited to this secret slash not so secret, but you'll be the first to hear about it, aka you'll get that discount code, actually get in for free, for real, for real, uh, to this launch party that I'm having in January to celebrate the official beginning to the Working Wall Black show. Learn more by clicking the link in the description. I can't wait to see you there. All right, we're back. We're back. Um, here with CL, hey. CZ Pod Gang. Um, yeah, talk to me about Cop City because when I was uh, going to vote, you know, I was thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I get a little some of these um, people who are running for education type positions. So then you were telling me that um, Cop City almost ended up on the ballots, or could have ended up on the ballots. Can you kind of break that down? Why I did not see that when I put my voter card in the machine. Well, for one, you would 
you would not have seen the cop city referendum on your ballot unless you lived literally in the city of Atlanta. You know, if you right. are not a city of Atlanta resident, you would not be voting on it, which is why this, the signatures that were gathered were so scrutinized because it couldn't just be a hundred thousand from all over the state. You know, they claim they had a hundred thousand it from the city of Atlanta. Mm. And so that was a driving force behind them trying to get it on the ballot in the first place. Um the thing that kept that from happening is they got the signatures in late past the due date. They attempted to like file an injunction or something like that to go ahead and get them to accept them. And instead of like, you know, having some clarity, the signatures were collected. They were put into a secure area by the city. And a few weeks later, they basically like posted all the signatures, but they didn't redact any of the people's information. So there's like mm. a big privacy issue mm. and I almost felt like some something that was happening on purpose. Mm. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it was more likely to be on the ballot for 2024. The only way it could have got on the ballot for this year is if the council decided to do so. But it, it it wouldn't have been a good look. That that would have solved a lot of issues, but I felt like they need it almost felt like they wanted to make sure it was on the ballot with 2024 so they could basically campaign for the cop city being constructed instead of just doing it right now. Cause if tell you the truth, there they have been the the people who want cop city to happen have done such a bad job telling people why it's a good idea if they put it up to vote right now there will overwhelmingly be support against cop city just just based on the tone and the marketing and so many things that have happened because mm -hmm. even recently with the um with the march and the protests that they had down there at the site you know it got ugly they threw out tear gas you know you know pulling out tasers on folks doing you know the whole nine and so it, it, it got real crazy out there and of course it was a peaceful protest to begin with but because they was trying to proceed past them past the police yeah it got crazy so at every turn like somebody there's there's a lot of violence that has occurred throughout the process of cop city being protested and, you know, I have my own theories because one particular incident is, is where five people from a different state who were protesters, but then protesters were arrested for throwing Molotov cocktails. Mm. Now, I find it very interesting that the five people that you arrested were not from Georgia. So, you know, we, we have a term in our neighborhood called the ops also known as a plant and i i sometimes could feel 
that type of energy coming from yeah. make your skin things crawl, like, like that. Yeah, it's like I can't quite prove you're a plant, but it it really feels like it because it seems very opportunistic to have a very ugly incident in the face of a overwhelmingly supported notion to not have this happen, you know, mm. because the biggest problem with Cop City is where? Because nobody actually has a problem with Atlanta having a training facility for police, firefighters, EMS. Nobody has any issues with that. It's just where. And the where is in a neighborhood. It's not in the middle of nowhere. It's in a neighborhood next to a park. So it's not the best for any of the neighbors of Cop City. You know, it it would have a lot of, of course, loud noises. It's going to be gunfire, burn tower, you know, a lot of pollutants going off in the air. Just a lot of things going on in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, people are living here not that far from here. It's going to make things loud and disturb the peace. But of course, this is this is why uh you know the cab is is pushing unincorporated the cab is pushing back on it because it's right in that land. And it it's it's just shown that like if they want the land, they could just take the land. You know, it it, it was rubber stamped throughout the whole process and then when people said they didn't want it they was like well fuck what you talking about we still gonna do it anyway it's wild. And that's and then that's how we got here yeah it's, it's crazy to say um <coughs> 90 million dollar police training facility is gonna take up 85 acres that um you know the indigenous population come to speak up talking about hold up hold up hold up this isn't just empty land uh, there's also, you know, conservationists as far as like um, wanting to protect the natural environment. Just talking about kind of taking down all the trees and everything and building this, how it can affect things. It just, it just felt very um, just just kind of inconsiderate. But then on top of that, the message is crazy. Like a $90 million police training facility um, not too long after um, we the murder of George Floyd by the hands of police officers, we saw a rise in a protest. We heard our voice, people around the world paying attention to Black Lives, shout out to Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and we saw even more kind of backlash. Uh, police officers were very angry with how everything was handled from like a, a government standpoint. All these officers talking about, we're going to retire, we're going to retire. And it just feels like, like the messaging and everything, and this is part of what you're talking about. Like, hey, they're not communicating the benefits, um, um, and they really just—it just felt like, okay, going to put more money into some training, and we don't even know what type of training this is because apparently it's easier to become a police officer than just anything else. It might be easier to do that than like be a well, definitely easier to do that than be a doctor. But it's such a uh, a high stakes role that you're playing. You do have people's lives in your hand and unfortunately black lives don't end up making it um, oftentimes when they're in the hands of uh, police officers. So I know with me, I'm very big on um, 
just holding. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm about to say it's funny you say that because the argument for the training facility is, well, you want police reform. You want us to retrain the police. Then we need to have this ninety million dollar facility so we can do that. Like and that's the argument. It's interesting. I feel like like let's better like just talk. We need to hear what that means. Type just of look, listen for Mayor Dickens. You know he's he's very lonely right now as being a Democrat. I'm gonna just tell you that he feels very lonely. Like there's not a lot of support behind him, but he's getting a lot of support from Governor Kemp, mm. which. I know that probably doesn't feel good, but it's what the type of support he's going to get right now. And um, he actually did a nice long session on the AJC's Politically Georgia podcast where he broke down a lot of these things in a very, very succinct way with like the arguments for the training facility. The issue is, is just ignores the will of majority of the people you know the people who are going to be affected by this the people whose tax money this is going towards are saying this is not what they want but there are good reasons for the training facility to exist you know we're just like hey could you just find somewhere else to do it Mm. like so what what are some of these reasons that what are some of like the pros that they're saying, like the the benefits that everyday citizens will experience after this facility is built and officers are have gone through the training? Well, that's the thing. You know, the the reason the thing is they they are trying to paint a narrative that it's going to make Atlanta a safer place. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to bring officers with better training and better techniques when dealing with, uh, you know, mental health breakdowns and things of that nature. Uh, But also the firefighters and the rest of the uh, EMS, all of them is like, everybody will get all of the training that they need in order to be able to help people as much as possible. But beyond that, it doesn't really benefit the overall people, if you ask me. Just in my opinion, there's like there's some things that he discussed that where you can kind of like ah whatever, but it really just goes back to well, if if you want to save the environment, then we don't want to have to campaign against or for stop cop city. You know, we, that's that's not a good thing to say. You know, we're we're not worried about the gas that we're burning to campaign for this. Like, that's not the issue. And that's the way that Mayor Dickens talks about it. But the biggest thing that it's going to bring is revenue. And Governor Kemp literally just talked about this the other day, where it's going to be an economic driver for Atlanta because it's going to be a huge state of the art training facility and they're going to have police from all over the state, but mm. internationally and um, even across the country, you know, just all over the place. Like people are going to be here to come train at this state of the art facility because it's going to have so many different things, but 
we're looking at it like, well, what are you training? What else are you going to be training? You're not going to just train them on how to help mental health. You're also going to be training your SWAT officers and training your, you know, special units with all of these big military tools. You're going to be militarizing up this police as well. And also doing the same thing for other police uh, departments across the country. So that's where they're looking at it. Like it's going to be a big revenue driver because people are going to want to come to Atlanta. And this is just going to be another reason, you know, if you want to have a big fire, fire, firefighter convention and you want to do all this new training, come to Atlanta. We got the training facility and we got the Omni. You know, you can come do a conference, do the training, you know, then you can go to Coca-Cola factory, go to the aquarium, hit all the bars because it's a thousand of y'all here from all over the country. So they're just looking at it like another revenue play. And it's going to, you know, it's going to bring a good amount of business to the city, but that ain't really making the city safer. And it's also not really going to benefit people because they're not going to see any of that money. Some of the small business owners may see some increase because it's going to be more foot traffic, more people to serve. But overall, the community's not going to see that no real mm-hmm. benefit. You know, to me, that's tangible um, unless like they're literally going to change the way policing is done overall and even at that rate you could do it anywhere there's like there's so many abandoned properties and places where there's nothing going on that they could just rip up and just redo but it's not a thing it's Hmm. not a thing that they want to do they want to put it in this majority black neighborhood and basically destroy all the environment around it for the sake of money so like Hmm. The thing that if you go to um, Shout Out Progress Georgia, if you go to the Smothered Cover podcast that's coming out uh, with the uh, cab Commissioner Ted Terry, it's like, hey, you wouldn't see them trying to put no facility, 80-acre facility in Buckhead. You know what I'm saying? Sandy Springs. It's, it's not going to be in Sandy Springs. It's not going to be in Alpharetta. They're not doing it. They feel like they could do it because it's not as affluent around there and they feel like you know you ain't gonna do nothing you know what I'm saying so ain't nobody gonna get pushed out their seats if this stuff happens you know mm-hmm. it, it's gonna take some real upheaval to really get things going but that again that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning this is the Atlanta City Council this is your local elections who are causing this type of thing to happen so obviously you didn't know who you was voting in cause if you voted in all these people and they all approved for this that go through the way it is. This is the people who voted on them, quote unquote, fault. Hmm. But that still doesn't give them the right to pull a fast one the way they did. You know, um, this is where I think it gets really interesting because um, we kind of mentioned signatures earlier. Um, and like CL said, um, there's a movement to stop Cop City. Uh, we kind of talk about some of these reasons, a lot of lack of clarity, um, intentions sound good to some people, um, but 
Yeah, more a lot, a lot more negatives than positives from my perspective right now. Um, so there was a movement to stop it, and they just needed to collect signatures because of something called a ballot referendum, something I never heard before. Um, but it's essentially it's new to Atlanta. Good. Say what? It's new to Atlanta. It's the first time in it, it's ever happened in the city of Atlanta. That's oh, that's even more powerful, yo. Local ele- yo, there's a lot going on in these local elections. We spend a lot of our time talking about these federal stuff, which is important, but I think it all comes from local. So ballot referendum, something. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that's why I never heard of it because it's new to Atlanta. Um, but it's a state process that allows citizens to collect signatures to place legislation on the ballot for voters to decide. These type of ballot measures are known as citizen-initiated ballot measures. Now, what I love about this is it also just talks about uh, the multiple ways that exist to protest, right? We all know like the march on the streets, you know, tie yourself up to the trees and stuff from the uh, bulldozing stuff over. But this kind of gets into the um, um, the behind the scenes stuff, collecting the signatures, stuff that like he just he doesn't always make the news except for something like this. Um, they collected way past the number of signatures that were needed. And like you mentioned, they, they missed the initial date. They filed to get an extension. It was approved. But when they came to turn in the signatures, they were like, yeah, no, you missed the date. And like, what are you talking about? We got this extension. And they're like, da, 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 da. So now it's um in the process now of being reviewed and processed. Like you mentioned, they're like uh, publicizing people's private information. It's kind of a mess. But um, it, I, I'm really, I'm still excited about this process because it actually has worked for citizens before. Um, after we were talking about it, I did a little research on it. And I saw in Camden County, which is on the coast of Georgia, we're still in Georgia, y'all, still local. There was an effort to stop the construction of a spaceport. And at first it was, you know, obviously <laughs> that local government wanted it to happen. That's why it was happening. The people spoke and the U.S. Supreme Court ended up siding with the people and stopped that construction from happening. So having these signatures, this ballot uh, referendum is a huge thing because it almost like gives us an opportunity to vote and have our voices heard and something can be done about it. We always uh, talk about like in the community, how like voting, it doesn't matter. One person can't do anything. And yeah, technically one vote doesn't change the tide, but we're seeing signs of voting locally, having an influence on the way we live. Um, That's powerful. That's powerful. So Stop Cop City could have been on the November elections, as you were telling me. Obviously, it didn't happen. It probably and wasn't going to happen. Oh, you don't think it, it was going to happen? No. Nah, I, I think even if they would have got the signatures in, they would have put it on you know, a special election or on the next turn. They, they, they would have pushed it back. There's no way. Well, I guess, as they you would. mentioned, that could work in our favor because there's a potential for it to end up in the 2024 presidential primaries, which gets way more attention than the, you know, the district type of election or local election. So let's let's um let's take a quick break. Quick little ad break, got a few messages to share with you. Then I want to come back to talk about what's going on in these uh twenty twenty four presidential primary elections.
If you want to be proactive about your career, I need you to check out the Working While Black Show. It's a new podcast I'm launching under the Boss Locks media brand, and I'm on a mission to make sure black professionals never feel uncertain about their career again. Each week, I'm speaking to black leaders from various industries to learn about the tactics and strategies they've used to overcome fear and go from surviving in the workplace to thriving. If you've ever felt stuck, unfulfilled, underpaid, underappreciated, or that just feel like no one even knows who you are in your workplace, this show is for you. Think of this podcast as a career mixtape with a carefully curated collection of episodes designed to guide you through new growth, through the nuances of working well black, and the tough decisions that we can make during our career. This podcast is launching very soon, and you get to be the first to hear about it. Join the waitlist by clicking the link in the description to learn more about the show, who's going to be on the show, and also get invited to this secret slash not so secret, but you'll be the first to hear about it, aka you'll get that discount code, actually get in for free, for real, for real, uh, to this launch party that I'm having in January to celebrate the official beginning to the Working Wall Black show. Learn more by clicking the link in the description. I can't wait to see you there. All right, we are back, y'all. Um, by the way, um, I'm doing something I'd started a while ago when I first launched a podcast, but I'm bringing it back. It's a Patreon, and I'm having a. It's basically a way for y'all to support the show. Um, I want to give y'all a little extra stuff, and one of these things that I'm experimenting with is um, ad-free um, episodes. Um, I'm still will have like if there's a resource that I think is important for y'all to know. I'm still going to have that in there because I'm here to take information I'm learning and sharing it with people. And I think one of the things that's important for us to know about are the tools that are coming out, the resources, the opportunities that are available. So we'll still always share what I feel is most important to you. But also know sometimes you just want to get straight to the episode. So, um, no, enough talk. Let's get into this. Yeah. Um, presidential primaries are coming. My number one question for you is, you know, everyone's about talking about Biden and Trump right now. There's other candidates that are in the race. Some are suspending their campaign. Some have stepped down. Saw Cornell West with the Green Party. Then he's independent. Um, are you taking any candidate seriously right now? Are you expecting it to be different? Like, oh, all of a sudden Biden's not on the actual, you know ballot at the end of 2024 um or is this what what are you expecting anticipating for these primaries so i'm I'm gonna just tell you and you know this is not going to be as entertaining as some of the other things i said but none of that shit really matters like this shit is gonna be biden and trump round two and hopefully everybody comes out and does the same thing and make sure biden just stays in so we can figure out the succession plan. Um, and the problem is the Democrats don't have a great alternative. You know, it would it would be lovely if people actually like Kamala Harris. But they don't. She's not likable. She's very prickly. Um, just not 
just not great. Just just nothing, nothing she brings to the table is great for what you need as far as a candidate for president. Um and so yeah. that forces Joe Biden into being you know the candidate for another round because we can't do better than that. It it would be so easy to do that. Um and then there's just not anybody else that's truly viable in the party. And if you just look at the other side of the primaries, you know, everybody's just playing for second place. Um, and it's, it's really just up to whether or not there's enough support around one candidate that's not Trump for that to even change. Or if the fact that like Trump gets um, not indicted, but gets guilty on anything before the election, that would change things. But other than mm-hmm. that, it's it's not really nothing going on, bro. It's like just mm-hmm. just check back in in November. <laughs> you know. All right, so I guess for as far as primaries go, presidential wise, it's all about November. But yeah, locally, I, I'm not, we're going to see what's coming up on the ballot on the local side. I'm not big on talking about the thing that you're going to be talking about in six months. You know, like I rather talk about it when it pops up. Like, well, we got mm. some real data, got some real polls. We can get into, you know, what's about to happen. But right now, nothing significant is happening. So it's, you know, it, it's fodder for the television, in my opinion. <laughs> they're trying to get the views up, get those ads. Yeah, they're running. getting them clicks up. That's it. They yeah. just need they need to feel programming. Hmm. So that's unfortunate. Okay. So I know it's already going to, it's definitely going to be heating up in March. So I'm going to see a lot more attention on all of this, uh, maybe some real um, information and stuff happening. I- I'm very curious. I know, uh, I believe Marion Williamson is still in the running. Uh, so I know she's prepping for um, primaries. And news organizations are prepping too. Um, and I'm excited to, uh, that you're on because you have had somewhat of a uh, kind of a, a change in your life. Uh, you know, see, uh, for those who don't know, as a podcast producer um uh, you've you've had shows in the world of sports um pop culture um you've um helped people with their shows in the world of real estate helped me with my show plenty of times um done the college sports shows all sorts of stuff both as a host and a producer so um this new role that you have i'm very it's very interesting you're out here with uh, progress georgia a um, political digital communication hub, um, just covering all things Georgia, uh, what's happening, what we should know. And I love um, some of these videos that you've started putting out recently, just kind of breaking down like what we need to know, what's really going on without all the fluff or stuffiness. It's very easy to um, understand. So um, my first question for you is, can you just share a little bit more about what your role is and what you're hoping to do? So really my my role is to be an idea person and be a content creator, but with the purpose of informing people, but also being entertaining. So it's not really too much different than anything else that I've done or am doing. Um, it's just in this particular instance, I am doing 
work that's a i guess it's i guess it's a little bit more important you know mm-hmm. like i hate to say it but because i'm giving people facts and information that's pertinent to their everyday life and also trying to get them to wake up from some disillusions of you know whether it just be misinformation disinformation or even just bad narratives or spent narratives um and just trying to get them to really see what's going on outside and um you know make sure we kind of everybody kind of can rally around on the same page um you know progress georgia is um like you said it's a communication hub they're 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 helping everybody with their messaging and and helping us um helping everybody kind of make sure they're on the same accord you know so if it's it's like we're we're the people that's going to make sure all the homies get your notes you know what i'm saying like if you got something to say and you want everybody to know it's like okay we're gonna pass this note to all the homies so you ain't got to pass it to everybody so if somebody asks you well what you think about this you got the notes you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that's kind of where Progress Georgia is as an organization. We just just trying to make sure all the homies are straight. Um, and so my my thing is to try to make sure that the people get what they need um, on an everyday basis, so we can kind of make sure we are marching toward the right things. Um, you know, like even down to like shit. Like what I haven't had a chance to make a video for it, but this shit with this whole gas tax that governor Kemp, you know, decided to suspend the gas tax for a month, which is like big whoop de fucking do, but everybody out here is amen and oh that's my governor. You know, even black people just amen in it. And, you know, you throw that in there plus, you know, he he shot out three fifty to everybody that was on food stamps and had some kids. Um, you know, people's like, oh yeah, we got it. Meanwhile, mm. or meantime in between time, this fool got like a surplus of $10 billion for Georgia. So of course we can not take tax on gas. We got 10 billion, you know, like what, what it's just chilling there, you know, for whether forget whether or not we are doing anything to help people with that money, but just the fact that you feel like that's a good thing. And just add that to the fact that like, okay, some people got electric cars, and a lot of people take public transportation. So you're giving a measure to people that doesn't benefit everybody, but who it does benefit is every single business that moves goods or does anything that has to go from one side of a city to another. Like every single business will benefit, but they're not going to change their prices. For a month, no, that's not going to happen. We're not going to get, you know, cheaper uh, milk and eggs for the for this month. We may get, the, in some cases, they may end up, but for the most part, you know, the games ain't like a little bit less at GameStop. You know, the the, um, you know. Or, and I'm I'm just being a little facetious, but you get what I'm saying. It's like it's not going to affect everything. It's like mm-hmm. these prices are set already, so you Jeez, just well, 
crumbs. Spending this gas tax is not doing anything but just helping you out with a few bucks here and there. Maybe you might save 20 bucks by the end of the month. But, like, what's that going to do for you next month and the next month after that? So, like, while y'all out there amen and it's like, hey, so what what are we doing to help this every single month going forward? Where do we building toward? Because you got a bunch of money you sitting on, but you want to help us save 20 bucks this month. Like, this, something ain't adding up. I could save yeah. 20 bucks by not eating avocado toast and not going to Starbucks every day. I mean, it's facts, bro. Or, you know... Shopping at Kroger and get your little own 50 cent off. Like, I didn't need. Or shopping at Aldi's. That's a little. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other subject. Yeah. Man. yeah okay. Man, Yo, this this is. Uh, I'm excited to see what you're doing over at Progress, George. Going to have you back to kind of break down. Um, shoot, I'm going to need you to come back for, you know, pull up for this political talk. Um, yeah, I'll be a lot more prepared right. next time. I'll, I'll actually, I might know my shit. Now, I'm still learning. Um, I guess I will say that that's another thing that I'm bringing um, is it's a general curiosity. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm a straight novice. So when you hear me talking, you're talking to somebody who just learned this mm-hmm. every time I do something. So that's why it feels like it's so easy to synthesize the information. It's because like I literally just learned this and I'm telling you about it. Love it. Hey, you know what? We put a lot of emphasis on experts, but um you know, the amateurs, the novice, we got something to show too. Got something to show. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please give us a review. Rate us on Spotify. Uh, share your thoughts with us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, these ratings actually do help uh, when people are considering what show they're going to listen to. And you know what? I'm trying to make a big, big, big splash in 2024. Um, I've been on a hiatus for far too long. What was meant to be just a short two-week break turned into a two-year. Where where are you, Walter? No one knows. Well, I have been working, have been cooking up a whole bunch of uh, really great content, having tons of conversations. And because I'm a podcaster, I just record them all. I just haven't put them out. So 2024, we're bringing you all the episodes of conversations I've had with people uh, for my time during the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program. Uh, speaking to people all around the world. I have an episode coming soon about the agricultural uh, industry in Africa and all the, like, what's going on there. It's very, very interesting. I learned a lot. Basically, um, I mean, it's kind of a spoiler alert, but you'll learn more about when you actually listen to the episode, but all the opportunities that exist to um, influence agriculture in Africa. It's so cool. I'm so blessed to be in the position I'm in and it's like things like that, I, they, they actually do come to me. The person who reached out to me, I was not familiar with them. But now we're just one WhatsApp message away. So I'm excited to share everything that I've been learning, all the conversations I've been having as I continue to learn about what new growth means for the black community. Learn about and hosting these cultural conversations with the people everywhere from the streets to Atlanta to people out in the U.K., who are working in Africa. I'm so excited. The next episode isn't that one. It's coming soon. It's, it's going to be the next of the next of the next one. But you got to stay tuned. Got to stay plugged in. Uh, you click the link in the description. You'll be able to sign up for the newsletter. You'll learn all about what we got going on. I'm excited. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Peace.